Welcome back to Art Moves, the podcast. And we're your hosts. I'm Dr. Regina Newhan, and I'm here with Major Dwight Smith. Hey, Dwight. What's happening, everybody? How you doing? And we have a wonderful artist today with us, Yunmi Nam. And now Yunmi is from South Korea, and she got her degree in printmaking in Seoul, South Korea. And then she got her MFA, or Master's of Fine Arts, at RISD, Rhode Island School of Design. She's had many artist residencies and accomplishments since that time, and now she's a professor of printmaking at Kansas University. Well, welcome, Yumi. Thank you for being here. Welcome. Welcome for joining us on Art Moves. So good to have you. Thank you for having me. You know, I'm curious, um, as we start out, what is it about the Midwest that attracted you and kept you here? You know, you've been all over the world, and what is it about this location that uh, appeals to you and still does? Well, I have to be honest that um, what got me here um, was my job. So I actually didn't even know where Kansas was when I first moved to Kansas. So I got here in 2001. Was it something that you just, you saw the job posted and you applied for it? Or or how did you find out about the job? Yeah, yeah. There's an organization called College Art Association, and they have job postings for all of the academic positions. So that's when I saw this position open. And what was really interesting for me about my job here is that they were um, looking for a lithographer. Mm -hmm. And at that time, that was my primary medium. Um, I was teaching at Washington University in St. Louis at that time. Mm -hmm. And it was a one-year position. So I was, you know, looking for my next opportunity and this job opened up. Um, like I said, not knowing where Kansas was, I applied just looking at the job description. And I got here. I got the job yeah. and I, I moved to Lawrence, Kansas. And I guess what kept me here is the part that is important for me. I think Lawrence is such a great town. There's, you know, it's, it has this small town charm that um, I always tell people Lawrence exa- looks exactly like what I thought America looked like, you know, in, in like movies and <laughs> things that you see. Is that right? <laughs> when I was in, yeah, you know, that Lawrence downtown. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of, you know, things happening in Lawrence, like parades and things like that. So it has that kind of like a really nice small town charm. And also Kansas City is so close. Mm -hmm. You know, I have my studio in Kansas City. I live in Lawrence and I have my studio in Kansas City and it's only about 40 minute drive. So, you know, having that that kind of, you know, small town charm of Lawrence and then having um, my studio in Kansas City works out perfectly for me. So that's what kept me here for 21 years so far. And so do you drive that every day? Lawrence to Kansas City? I teach during the semester. Um, I spend about three days in Lawrence and then the other two or three days in Kansas City. So when I'm not teaching, when I don't have meetings or appointments, then I, I come to Kansas City to my studio. Mm-hmm. So you look at you and me making moves across the across the region, you know, yes. from, from <laughs> KU to, to Kansas City, you know, 21 years. That's a long time. And, and you know, that that's a really good time period to see a lot of growth in 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 the community what has been 
you know, one of the key standouts for you? What have you seen that is like, you know, different from when you got here to now what's happening in the community and the, in the kind of activities? What is, give me a big one for you. I mean, 21 years, I've only been here, what, six now. So, you know, you have really been here a minute. So I would love for you to give me some insights on what you've seen grown, change, whatever. Well, I haven't really been coming to Kansas City a whole lot when I first moved here in mm -hmm. this region. I stayed in Lawrence primarily, um, and it's only been maybe the last 10 years that I had really been coming to Kansas City more frequently and being more engaged in Kansas City um, arts community. Um, so, I mean, I do remember when I first moved here, the Crossroads Arts District was kind of the, the new thing, you know, in the galleries kind of doing um, First Fridays and that was kind of exciting, but I think, I mean, now it's all over the place in Kansas City. It's not just one area, and there's a lot of um, artist-run spaces mm -hmm. that I haven't even been able to visit all of them yet, to be honest, because there's there's a lot, lot going on, and I think that's really exciting. Yeah, that's a great testament to the growth that's yeah. been happening in this region. So yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, for sure. Very good. Where are you showing your work right now? My solo show in Austin, Texas just closed, so I just got all my um, unsold works back. What was the name of that gallery? Was it, What was it? Gray Duck? Gray Duck Gallery mm -hmm. in Austin. Um, and I think that gallery is also in this area of um, Austin where it's, you know, there's a lot of exciting new galleries mm -hmm. kind of popping up in that area. Um, I think it's East Austin. Um so right now in Kansas City area, in Kansas City, I, I'm in a group show at Nelson Atkins Museum. Um, it's called Found in Translation. Um, there's eight artists um, in that exhibition. So I have a couple of pieces in there. And I have the project wall um, at H&R Block Art Space up right now. That's exciting. Tell us about that. Yeah, so uh, Rochelle at H&R Block Art Space approached me and we started to kind of think about um, the work that's going to go up in the project wall. So I wasn't really sure um, at first what I was going to do. Um, I was considering possibly making a completely new work, but Rochelle was kind of interested in the idea of joy um, mm. for that. And I started to kind of look at some of my existing works and how that might be kind of be represented kind of in a different context um, on that kind of large billboard space. So I did some tests in Photoshop, trying out different kind of images that I've already made. And we settled on um, one of the prints that I made um, called Liz. And it's a print that's in um, the Range Flower series of my work where I combine cut flowers with disposable containers. Mm -hmm. um, so that print is now up on that huge billboard project wall. So it's really interesting to see just the, the scale of it completely changed on that um, side of that building. Yumi, I, I got to fill in our listeners because, you know, they might be missing out on some of your, you know, outstanding talents. So folks, you know, although we're describing, um, a 2D visual object, many times uh, Yumi will create the vessel 
and you know it's it becomes a combination of print and ceramic work so you know so you got double mediums working here so the fact that she did it and, and presented bliz you know the project wall was great i was driving by and i was like oh i gotta pay attention to where i'm going because every time i drive by h and r block art space cars start swerving don't have an accident so um <laughs> you know so just the the, uh, the ability to create at that scale you know i think a lot of times folks when they're listening to artists they don't realize the magnitude of what they're creating so you know i had to throw that out there folks if you if you're not familiar with um yumi's work you definitely need to hit her website and check out you know because her lithos in her print work is just magnificent you know just you know in its own right and then you get over into some of the um ceramic creations that she does and i'm just blown away blown away so you know i didn't want to cut you off but i wanted folks to know that um you are a double threat when it comes to yeah. um producing and creating works Thank you, Dwight. That's so nice. Um, but I think the thing that's really interesting for me about doing that kind of project is, you know, oftentimes I'm just alone working in my studios and just making, you know, just hours and hours, just me and my work. Um, but to have this opportunity, one, one other thing that's part of that project wall is that um, Eleanor Lim Midyed, who's a, a professor at Kansas City Art Institute, um, wrote an essay about my work and so Rochelle kind of introduced me to Elnor and that um, allowed me to have conversation about my work with another um, person and also just having that kind of like conversation through this project I think is really really interesting for me um, for somebody that often is just alone in my own space just working how was it to have someone capture the essence of your work and your message through essay form? Well, it's it's always an honor that somebody is actually spending time and are interested in my work and and wants to learn about my work. And it's also such a great experience for me personally, um, because just having conversations about my work allows me to kind of see my work differently too through someone else's eyes. Mm -hmm. So that's always a valuable experience. Even right now, just talking to you two, you know, it's mm -hmm. always an opportunity for me to kind of see my work differently. Art is, of course, visual and an artist is speaking through their art, speaking a language. And so it's interesting to think about someone then converting that to actual words, to verbal language, which I think is kind of a circular motion there and fascinating too. So that's why I asked. Yeah. And I think that's also very important for artists too. And I always tell my students how important it is to write about your work. Mm -hmm. And perhaps it's because English is my second language and it really helps me try to find the right word to describe something then it really clarifies, you know, what I'm thinking because I think about this word and I think, oh, that's not exactly what I'm thinking. And you, it, through that process of trying to find the right word, it clarifies, you know, the thoughts that I have in my head as well. So I really think it's really important. Yeah, that's great. That's that's straight from from Professor you me. So yes. folks, you heard her, you heard it right there. Writing is important when you try to explain your work. Yes. So you've been at KU for a long time, and you know, in my art 
you know, travels and, you know, all the things that I'm scoping out and, and trying to watch. You know, I've had a cool eye on, on KU for a minute, art-wise. Um, you know, some great, great folks working out of that space. Tell us about it, you know, for the folks, the uninitiated. You know, KU has a little arts department, you know, and I'm, I see you. I definitely see you. So um, tell us <laughs> tell us about the KU arts that, you know, people not from the Midwest may not realize. Y'all are, y'all are putting in some work over there. Yeah, I think we have a great program. I was also fortunate that I got here when there were still all of the faculty members mm -hmm. who started working there in the 70s and 80s, and they just, mm -hmm. just started to retire, like Roger Shimamura, Peter Thompson, mm -hmm. and Norman mm -hmm. G., a lot of these. Roger got a show over at Sherry right now. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, you know, the, you know, the greats still putting in work in town, you know, so keep yeah. going, keep going. And actually, Roger was the search committee chair when I got my position. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, so I feel like, you know, I had that kind of connection and experience of getting to know them. And they've since retired. And there are all these new faculty that's joining the program. So it is really exciting. And we have, I think, a very interdisciplinary program. You know, students can enroll in the art department and they are really encouraged to explore everything. You know, they are actually required to explore everything. So they're required to take a class in ceramics, a class in printmaking, sculpture, expanded media and painting. We have um, seven different areas. Let me see if I can list them all. We have painting, <laughs> printmaking, sculpture, expanded media, metalsmithing and jewelry textile ceramic and we have visual art education mm -hmm. and students are free to move around um, we have great facilities students can work with any faculty members and that's also for graduate students um, too yeah, and Debbie Bear Jones over mm -hmm. there doing some stuff yeah, you know, yeah Debbie, one of my one of collection favorite good friends she's over at KU I think she's working on her master's right her MFA right now yeah so y'all got some people over there and what drew me to that was one kind of like how you described Roger, you know, folks being in the community, the arts community that I just happen to be seeing, looking at, checking out in galleries. And then, you know, the folks that are semi-initiated will do a little pedigree check, background check. And then I started looking and, and then all roads kept ending up at KU. So, you know, so I was like, what's going on over here? Let me keep my eye out over here. You know, you know what's happening? I mean, it's easy with having an art school and to see everything right in front of you here in Kansas City. But, you know, I kept getting pulled out to KU's, you know, people were saying, hey, I'm going to this program. I was like, oh, really? Over there? OK, cool. So when people say the region doesn't have an MFA program, I'm like, hold on, hold, hold the phone. Oh, we my do. gosh. Yes. We have an amazing MFA program. Yeah. That's great. Well, I'm curious, Yunmi, what was it about ceramics that sort of attracted you? And you've you've branched into mm. that direction a fair amount. In addition to your printmaking skills, what drew you to ceramics and really fostered your uh, desire to continue to create art in that medium? Um, so I've worked primarily in printmaking. And the the series, the most recent series that I've been working on is the Orange Flower series. And that's where I combine cut flowers with disposable containers. And I was really interested in the idea of um, the, the fleeting nature of time, um, both the arranged cut flowers and disposable containers, I think, speak to that nature of time. So in order to make that series of print, I just started collecting all these disposable containers. And so I had this like 
giant collection of basically trash. Um, and, you know, it, at first I was just looking at them to depict them in my prints, but they themselves as objects became really interesting to me. And I have in the past done some three-dimensional work just using paper. Mm. Um, so one of the things that I first did was I recreated a plastic bag using this really thin gonki paper. Um, it's, it's like a traditional Japanese paper that's like tissue-like. So I basically recreated a plastic bag using that, printing the, you know, thank you message mm -hmm. that often you see on those plastic bags with lithographs. And when I made that bag, it's, it became a problem because I didn't know how to show this because I didn't want it to be flat. I made it so that it exists in space, but because the paper was so thin, you know, if somebody just walks past it, it'll just blow away. So, and this is kind of how I work. I sort of one thing leads to another thing and there's a problem and I need to solve it. So then I thought I need something heavy to hold this down. And that's when I thought of, oh, these plastic bags, you know, I was looking at them as part of these kind of um, takeouts that I would often get. And, you know, the takeouts come in these styrofoam containers. So I thought maybe I could try making styrofoam containers using porcelain um, they kind of look similar so that was my first thing that I tried I actually didn't know how to do ceramics at all so I actually hired somebody to make that porcelain styrofoam containers and then that was really exciting and that's when I kind of got into ceramics because I started to take workshops and I started to bug my ceramic colleagues to teach me oh, this and teach me that so I wanted to kind of be able to start making my own ceramic objects mm -hmm. so that I could start manipulating it and, you know, experimenting with it and trying different things out. So that's kind of a short version of how I got into ceramics. That That's what I saw first from you were your ceramics works. I remember I popped in. I was hanging out at Hall one day, Hall Contemporary for those out there. And, um, yeah, and I saw a couple of your pieces just sitting over there. I said, who's that? You know, and it's funny because every time I'm in there and a new person walks in, they always say, who's that? It's like, it's <laughs> always with, and, and it was those pieces. Um, they looked like, I thought it was like Bill and Emily had lunch <laughs> and they had left them over. And then I was like, wait a minute, no, no, they're green and they're shiny. So yeah, so you, my first experience, my first experience with you was, you know, hall contemporary. I slid in just to, you know, just hang out, shoot the breeze. And then I saw your pieces sitting over there and I was like, ooh, and it pulled me right on. And it's been fun to see folks walk in and do the same thing. It's like, okay, let me, let me get, let, let's see what happens. One, two, yeah. boom, there they go. You know, by creating those, you have really highlighted the beautiful geometry of some of the objects mm -hmm. that are in our everyday lives and we just typically don't give much um, attention to. And mm -hmm. by yeah. creating this artistic piece out of it, we really are allowed to focus on the, you know, some of the, sometimes the interesting engineering and design of this the structure of this little thing that we uh, depend on so much. But, um, you know, you touched on something that really made me want to ask you, you know, much of your work centers around observed, discarded objects, and you've played with, you know, what I'd call the dichotomy of temporary existence of objects versus permanence. Could you elaborate on that and some of your interest along that theme? 
Yeah, I started to gravitate towards these disposable objects because my interest has always been this kind of sense of time that feels both very fleeting and permanent. You know, we all have this moment where we're just alone sitting and just, you know, looking at something in front of you or, you know, just looking into the distance and having that feeling of just eternal eternity and just the time passing you feel that contradiction at the same time and I'm just trying to I don't know explore that big question but it's really hard to describe but what I started to do is kind of think about subject matter that I think that evoke that and cut flower is one of them and I really think disposable containers really um I can use that to explore that idea um, because it is something that is so fleeting. You know, the the purpose of these disposable containers is that you just only use it once. That's that's the purpose. But as materials, they often last, you know, much, much longer. And also the thing that I'm really interested about these containers, disposable containers, is that it really reveals our current um, I don't know, culture, environment, situation. It really speaks about the now and what we care about, how we live. You know, all of these things are all in that little, you know, insignificant disposable container. And like you said, Regina, about that kind of design of that, I think is also interesting. Oftentimes I'm actually making prints of these disposable containers. And I find it really interesting because I am actually using the exact same printing techniques to print the labels, you know, on these disposable containers to describe these disposable containers in my prints. So I think that's really oh, interesting yeah. too. Hey, can you tell us about a particular favorite body of work or a favorite maybe exhibition that you've had in the past? Mm. You've got many, many years to draw mm-hmm. from, but is there anything that really, really kind of, um, I'm sure you, of course, you've got you, some good ones. You love all your work. <laughs> They're all your babies. But, you know, is there anything that was really significant to you or had a fair amount of particular meaning for you at some point in your life? I think the exhibition that I just had in Austin, um, that body of work is also the same body of work that's at Nelson Atkins Museum right now. And I think... It, it is memorable and significant to me because it was work done during the pandemic uh. at the beginning. And a lot of the work was kind of, I don't, I don't know if I should use the word inspired by the pandemic, but. It was maybe spurred from it. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Could you describe some of that work a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Um, one body of work I started collecting delivery boxes. So oftentimes my work kind of starts with, you know, noticing something. And when I notice something, I just don't know why I notice it, but I just start collecting it to see what happens. And I just started collecting these delivery boxes, which we all had lots of deliveries delivered to our homes during the early period of the pandemic. And just that kind of um, act of getting the delivery, you know, we all did that disinfecting of the boxes and spraying it with alcohol. 
and then unpacking and then you know of course we have to kind of break it down so that we can it can fit in on a recycling bin so that kind of routine became something that was highlighted it was the highlight of my day pretty much um and that really um took up the day because there was just a lot of everything was delivered at that time so I started collecting these boxes and I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And oftentimes I just play in my studio and mm-hmm. you know, I just try this and try that. And one day just some things kind of came together. And what I started to do was I started to paint these sheets of Tyvek, which is this kind of um, construction material, but it's archival. I painted those with sumi ink completely so it became completely black and I used the alcohol hand sanitizer that I used to carry around all the time and sprayed on the surface which then the alcohol reacted with the sumi ink and made it this kind of um, spotted and mottled um, surface and then I used the boxes that I collected as templates and just traced the outlines of all of the different boxes and its shapes. Mm -hmm. So I just started to do that process. And eventually those layers and layers of Tyvek became sort of these wall installation. So that's one piece that's in the Nelson Atkins show right now. And it's something that I I was able to do in my studio because I lost access to the print shop Mm -hmm. and the ceramic studios during the early times of the pandemic. Sign of a true creative artist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Improvise. Yeah, you just gotta do. Yeah, but that's when I think um, new new body of work kind of mm-hmm. started. And I think your question was, you know, memorable experience. And I think this exhibition is memorable to mm-hmm. me because there's this kind of excitement, but also um, nervousness mm-hmm. because I've never you know, made this kind of work before and never shown this before. So both excitement and nervousness about, you know, showing this new body of work that I made during the pandemic. And part of that also involved um, plastic containers that come inside these delivery boxes. So eventually I started to get access to the facilities at KU and that's where I do most of my printmaking and ceramic work at KU. And so then I started to use these plastic containers, sort of like molds. A styrofoam kind of. Yeah, they're actually um, those, um, these are vacuum formed plastic containers and they're often clear and they're, you know, used to protect things that are fragile. Yeah. Yeah, so the ceramic piece that's at the Nelson Atkins Museum right now is basically the cast of the interior space of all of those collected um, plastic containers. So to me, they, they sort of go, go together, mm-hmm. you know, those, the, the black wall pieces using the box as templates and then the ceramic pieces using those um, plastic containers as molds to cast the inside space of these containers. Negative space, positive space kind mm-hmm. of concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually the black wall pieces, it is kind of like the negative space um, of of those boxes too. Yeah, that's fascinating. Well, I, I want to congratulate you on your show at the Nelson Atkins you know, Founding Thank Translation, you. a beautiful, 
beautiful group show. You know, several several of my favorites from the from the local community, a few from the collection. I got to get you in the collection. That's for certain <laughs> now. You know, it, it's on. But I mean, you know, rising up, showing in the community at at, at the premier art space. I mean. Uh, I know that has to be a rush for any artist. Tell us, what is it like to be there with your peers and to share this moment with them? Oh, it's amazing. And it's such an honor to mm -hmm. have work being shown at Nelson Atkins Museum. Um, one thing that I've really, really, really enjoyed as part of that process was we've been in conversation for, I don't know, almost two years mm -hmm. before the show actually went up. And the thing that for me personally that I just really enjoyed was all of the Zoom conversations that we had. Um, so yeah, before the show, even before anybody, any of us knew what work we were going to put in, the curators set up these Zoom conversations. So we would all just kind of get together and talk about our work and get feedback which was so valuable, especially during the pandemic time when, you know, you, you, you rarely saw anybody or even. Yeah, you need that. Yeah, yeah. It's it a lovely idea. It was so great. And we talked about the work. And I think that also gave me this courage to, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try to make new work for this. And I think a um, lot of them actually made new works and just getting to know people that I didn't know before. There are some that I already knew very well, um, but also getting to know other artists that I didn't know before through these conversations was so, so great. Of course, you've got a lot of time ahead of you in life, but is there anything artistically that you have dreamed about attempting or achieving that you maybe haven't had the time to do? If you were able to, what would you like to explore in terms of artistic expression or a new medium or what's kind of been on the back burner in your mind? Well, I feel like I've been kind of starting to explore that now with ceramics. Um, I never thought I would be making ceramics. And, you know, here I am, you know, trying to learn as much as I can. I recently... Um, took a, a wood firing workshop at the Lawrence oh, Art wow. Center and that was pretty incredible. So I'm now thinking about what kind of wood firing work that I could do. Um, I'm still learning. So that's, that's the exciting part mm. that, you know, when you don't know exactly what's going to happen, that's so exciting and thrilling for the artist. You know, printmaking is always something that is the love for me. And it's also very exciting, but I've been doing it for so long that I got pretty good at it. Mm. So I know kind of how it's going to turn out often. And when I started doing ceramics, I feel like I'm still in this moment where I just don't know what's going to happen. Hard to predict. Mm. Yeah. Is, is this going to work? Is if I do this, is, is this going to happen? So that's been super exciting right now. Mm. So I'm really trying to enjoy this moment yeah. of being a beginner and just kind of not knowing what the rule is and just kind of yeah. trying things out and seeing what happens. So that's that's what I hope that I will continue to do for at least the next few years and and see what happens. Explore that creative enthusiasm. That's wonderful. That, that, that is sage advice, you know, from the professor to the student. 
telling the student <laughs> that I am a student again. That is brilliant. <laughs> you need that is brilliant. That is brilliant. Oh my god, I I love being a student. <laughs> it's it's so amazing to be a student yeah. and to mm-hmm. you know take classes. Well, you know, you chose academics for your career uh, in art. And I'm curious, is the flip side true for you, that your students inspire you, you gain an increased zest for your own art uh, as you are in the process of teaching others? Oh, yeah, definitely. I often forget that I'm aging because my students, you know, are always kind of in that same age range. So I forget that time is passing because I'm always interacting with certain age group all the time. And just kind of the things that they are excited about, that they're thinking about, also the things that they are, you know, concerned about, all of these things that I, I don't know if I would able, if I would be um, aware of um, as much if I weren't just always spending time with them. So they are definitely um, my teachers as well. And I think it's really difficult for young generation right now and just seeing their resilience is so inspiring for me. So I'm definitely inspired by them and um, just just seeing them go through um, the experience mm-hmm. of being that age. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, what's next for you? Do you have some upcoming shows that you could tell us about? I am part of a collective called Wood Paper Box, and it's me and two other artists, Katie Baldwin and Mariko Jesse, and we met during our residency in Japan in 2004. So we kind of hit it off, and we kept being friends, and in 2014 or 13, we formed a collective where we send work to each other. It's sort of like we make something and send it to each other. And it was our desire to kind of keep that um, community mm-hmm. where we're not necessarily collaborating on one work, but we're we're communicating through our work. So we've been doing this for, for many years now. And so every time we send something, it's some kind of a multiple, whether it's a print or some kind of multiple, and we would make a handmade box and put them all together and so we would think about a certain theme or a certain process collectively so we've been making these collection of objects and prints that's been collected in these boxes for almost 10 years now oh i love this and Mm -hmm. that is going to be shown at the beach museum of art in in manhattan kansas in fall 2023 so that's that's something that's coming up. Um, so in that show, they'll show, they actually commissioned one of the boxes. So we just completed one as part of their um, commissions. They will also show all of the boxes that we made so far. Nice. And looking into the future, I am starting my extension residency at Studios Inc. So that will be 2023 and 2024. So at the end of that, um, it's actually going to be in January 2024. I'll have my solo show here at Studios Inc. So those are the two big things coming up. I'm going to have to check that out. Studios Inc. getting hot. Got got Harold Smith over there. <laughs> you, me, down. All kinds of folks over at Studios. Yeah. We're going to do, do an episode with them soon. 
That's right. Oh, That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But other than that, I think, because um, I just finished my solo show and I just finished work for the Nelson Atkins show. So I think what I want to do for a little while is just go back in my hole in my studio and just work. <laughs> Rejuvenate a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to stop by for a studio visit. I know I might have to pop in because, you know, all the little treats that I've seen here and there, oh, your show at the Nelson, you know, all these places, you know, this leads me. I want to I wanna get in the studio and, and I'd love to come out to uh, KU and, and uh, check you out, you know, to, oh, yeah. just to see the vibe out there because um, you guys are definitely putting together some great energy, some good stuff coming out there. And, you know, just being able to get like just the information you shared today, you know, it helps me be a better collector. It helps me focus on the art a little bit more, just, you know, learning about those histories, learning about those connections. So thank you, Yumi, for sharing, you know, your insights and, and all of that great knowledge. And, you know, folks, KU right down the street. So, you know, I, I you know, I often hear people say there's no there's no MFA program in the area. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa you can't say that no more. Slow your roll, slow your roll. So again, congrats on what you're doing, you know, the, the um artistic thought and 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 creation um that's coming out of KU that what you are doing again to show at the Nelson Atkins with, with your peers, that's big time. And feather so, in the cap. <laughs> you know, quite a feather in the cap. So, you know, again, congratulations on that. Maybe we can get the folks down in Bentonville to come up here and check you out, too, because y'all are hot. And you are doing it again. I'm looking forward to getting some of your pieces in the collection yeah, real thank quick. You. Thank great. you so much. Mm -hmm. And we should definitely mm -hmm. have a studio visit. And I will oh, show you absolutely. around KU and Lawrence. <laughs> we need to film a little video segment there for sure. I know, I know. Yeah. Art moves, take it from the podcast <laughs> to the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, for sure. So I'll definitely hit you up on that. Where can people find out more about you, whether it's your art or what you're creating? Do you have a website or an Instagram? Uh, so I finally updated my website. Um, and it's yunminam.com. And my Instagram is yunmi underscore nam. It's y o o n. M-I underscore N-A-M. Well, it's just been a delight chatting mm, with you today. Absolutely. Anything else you'd like to share with us or with the listeners about you and your art and your outlook on life? I would love to have people over in my studio. So let me know if you're in town. or. Oh, I'm coming through. I'm going to definitely try to be first on the visitors list so I can come through and just check. I, you know, I've been meaning to um, get out to the university to check out the art department. So I think this would be a fine time for me to, um, you know, explore that space. I've had plenty of plenty of time to hang out over at the um, Art Institute here and in a few other spots and this earlier this year we were out at uh, UCLA so we got a chance to check out their arts little area you know so I love being in these art hubs where the students are because you all the vibe is just yes. so different than you know going to an art fair right. yeah you know so I, I definitely appreciate it and then you know just shout out to the professional working artist, you know, what you're doing, Yumi, I think it's fantastic. You know, you're a teacher, but you are also showing at the highest of levels. So you're walking it like you talk it. I love artists who do that. So, again, shout out and congrats on that show at the Nelson Atkins, you know, doing your thing over at Studios, Inc., holding it down at KU. That's fabulous. Artists, that's the roadmap exactly. right there that that's putting in work. Thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Thanks for all mine. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yes, it was it was great. 
All right, everybody, be sure and subscribe to Art Moves, and uh, we'll catch you next time on Art Moves, the podcast. Thanks. Thanks again for listening to Art Moves, the podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe through your favorite podcast platform or the website. You can find links for this and the video show at linktree slash artmoves. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash A-R-T-M-O-V-E-S. And thanks. Thanks.